Jeff, 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 we missed a week, but we are here today. It is Friday afternoon. We waited this week. I was traveling and we had, we kind of, we wanted the, all the big 12 media days, multiple days, as opposed to other conferences that are going to have a singular Friday in a hotel conference room, you know, the <laughs> multiple days at Jerry world and, you know, flying down in a private jet that looked pretty swanky for the guys. It looks swanky. Felt very off brand for BYU. I, I love our new brand. I do too. I love so the new investments here's a question for you. Okay. Does, does the conference charter that flight or does BYU charter that flight? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know because that feels very on brand for Brett Yormark. Yeah. I think I brought this up in, I don't know if they do this, but I brought this up in like our realignment channel on the discord, like maybe six months ago or a year ago, even when we were talking about realignment and when it's like USC and UCLA being on an Island or West Virginia or whatever, that in my personal opinion, if when, you know, cause people are like, Oh, UCLA is the, you know, yeah, they're moving, but it's going to cost them so many more millions of dollars a year. Like, or if, you know, estimates of Arizona moving to the, whatever conference, it's going to add $2 million a year to their travel budget. So it's not going to be that much different. Than I think that schools should not be paying for travel for conference events. I feel like all travel should be booked by the conference. So it is standardized for all the athletes and you spread that cost around. Like if you are in our conference, we are all in this together. Like West Virginia, why like it's not your fault that you're in Morgantown, West Virginia, way away from everyone else, but we wanted you to be here. So instead of sticking with the bill, it's just like normalize it, equalize it out and just say like, and and then you can, if you want to save money. Yeah. If you say, if you want to save it out, then, you know, save out, save some money or whatever for, uh, you know, you want to save money for your, like by scheduling your non-conference road games to be closer. So you can do that. That's up to you, whatever, but like conference games, plus you probably get cheaper because you're booking more travel. Like as you're going combined, you're booking for instead of just one school, you're booking 12, 14 schools worth of stuff. It's like, why is travel and lodging for conference games not booked by the league office? Especially now, I don't know what every conference makes. But like the Pac-12, we we learned about that. But like the conference was getting a pretty significant chunk of their media revenue. Oh yeah, because their expenses, every other league was like ten or twelve percent right. was going to the conference covering expenses, and then the rest distributed out the pack was like a thirty percent. Yeah, it's crazy. So why don't you just add a couple percent if you're the Big Twelve or whoever? You should be like, hey, yeah, the conference is going to take a little bit more. We're also going to, you know, take home a little bit less. This is how we'll do it. It really makes sense just, to me. That, yeah, that's it's just even ideas. Out. Yeah, like it's, you know, it's instead I'll of West Virginia you, having to pay twice as much as everyone else, everyone just yeah. pays like $100,000 more. And it's like West evil, Virginia, even across in, they were in Morgantown when the rest of the Texas schools said, hey, we want them. So, like, yeah, I'll tell you, that's one of your better ideas. One of your not as good ideas, you got to take the sticker off of that hat, man. Oh, it's because this is the first time I've actually worn this hat in quite a long time. So I thought you were one. I didn't even, I didn't notice that the sticker was still on here. Although it is, uh, does say it is official. You know, this is official. I believed uh, you. It was official. Official. Thank you, Alex Caressa, for sending this hat to me. Uh, Not a commercial. Not a commercial for Alex Caressa, but his golf drop that hits tomorrow. Ooh, is good. It's on. 
fire. It's spicy. I don't know what they say anymore, but it's, uh, it's uh, legit. It is not mid. I know mid is the new thing. It, if something yeah, is, it's not, not meh, meh anymore. It's it's mid. So I don't know. What I this hate mean. that. Like it's, meh. Uh, meh is better. I think that's how I know I'm getting old. I'm starting to believe that my words are better than young words. Like why sus. say many? Why my say why say many word when few word do trick? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I did have an intro question, so I did see some. So we just had the All Star break, and yeah, uh, there was the home run derby. Which, by the way, we got to this three minutes is bull crap. Like we got to go back to ten outs. Like three minutes I, is bull crap. And give me a pitching machine because half the dudes they're getting balls in the dirt, and so they're sitting yeah. there. Their time is wasted, and they can't even swing because they have. I, it's like it's cool that your dad wants to throw you BP. I that's also awesome. But like if you lose the home run derby because your dad's putting the ball in the dirt, looking like uh oh who was that that threw out? I can't remember. Like fifty cents first pitch that he threw out a few years ago. That sucks. But my yeah. thing that I said they should take. And this, I saw someone tweet this. If you get busted, everyone who is busted for a banned substance within the last year should be entered into the home run derby. And if you were like, if you get caught juicing and if you win, your suspension is lifted. Oh, give them something <laughs> to work for. Yeah. Like you could take that risk if you want to. And if you get <laughs> caught, you, you're facing the 150 games because you got caught using the cream and the clear. But then you go in and you jack bombs in the home run derby. And it's like, you know, you got Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa out there. And they all know whoever comes out first is not getting the asterisk is removed and you're going into the hall. I I like it. it. I don't, I don't hate that idea. I'll tell you what I think. I'm up up to two. I get two good ideas today. This is you are. You're on fire. I'll tell you what I think about the home run derby. I wish they'd go back to the old school home run derby that it was, you remember those that were in black and white and always aired on ESPN classic. And it was the guy who talked about the home run derby. And it was like the heads up nine inning bat. Like you, it was just two guys and they each got three outs and they would go nine innings. And it was just whoever wins at the end. Each home run was a run. It was fun. Those were simple. And I wish you could take that principle and make the home run derby match play, but different. Not like how they've got it set up. It needs to be like three inning games and you get three outs and you have like, anyway. So like the way that it works is it's like, uh, you know, if Pete Alonzo is going up against Julio Rodriguez. Pete Alonzo does all of his stuff. And then Julio Rodriguez knows what he needs to beat. Nah, like throw some innings in there and give each of them a chance to like figure out what the other one's got going on and, how like, does Adley Rushman need to go for 28 in the first round? Or is he going up against somebody? He's only going to hit 16. So leave a little gas in the tank for the second round. I wish they did that, but they don't. Okay. Okay. And basically anything other than the current format, the current format sucks. So let's get the home get run. Rid of that. The home run derby kind of sucks. Yeah. It, it's used to be exciting when we were little back when players were juicing and ball was ball. And now and back it's every- before the jerseys, were specific to the league, those all-star jerseys were an abomination. Just let teams wear their home or away jerseys. Hell, oh, yeah. make it the alternates if you want. I don't care. But those were an abomination and an embarrassment, not just to baseball, not just to the Mariners, but to everybody. Everybody's parents, everybody's grandparents, 
everybody should have been embarrassed or, by what the MLB even trotted out. Do an alternate of like pick a color, right? Like you have like a red team and a blue team with white letters and whatever whoever's home and away alternate like got red white and blue is the color scheme for the two leagues and just like make a jersey for every team and assign the league a color like the al will always be red the nl will always be blue they'll alternate like do a color rush game red and blue with white lettering so it's red white and blue and it's like instead of it saying american and national just do that team's like do the team's logo sure. just in the like a, like that, if you're gonna make it better. league based, then just pick a league color and then do all their normal jerseys yeah. in the league color scheme. That's that's better than this whole like oh we're in Seattle so we better use this teal and blue and navy and that's how like it's, it's stupid. Awful. Just stop it. Stop awful. It. But this week, it, like you said, it was Big Twelve Media Days, and uh, there was the most exciting thing. I think was there was a reporter who made a joke about BYU and without a picture, BYU fans got mad and were like, you're lying. You're making up stuff. Like you're just chasing clout. And then outkick, of course, who is always very thorough in all of their research of things posted a picture of BYU because, and it was like, and was making fun of us. And they also missed the joke. And what the tweet was, it was every player showed up in like a suit and tie or a polo and all of the BYU players just showed up in their uniforms, which clearly they showed up in suit and ties. She was making a missionary joke. It's whatever. Yeah. It's funny. You know, as missionaries in the crowd of the student section with bike helmets on, that's man, that's whatever. This was actually like, this that was, was a creative, a, a, a witty spin on it. No one has ever yeah. said that one before. Now, if you say no, it next year, dead. it's dead. Like you can't repeat the joke over and over again, right. but. This no, I good. agree. She she did well, and uh, the fact that only yeah, half the it, people got it and the other people like didn't that shows feel, that it's a good like, joke. Like that maybe shows she it's just, like, like needed a comma or something in there. I don't know. Like there was something. But, there were enough people that misunderstood. Like even outside of BYU, right? Like there were enough people that were like, "Ah, idiot BYU fans or BYU yes. players wearing their jersey." So there was enough people that didn't get it that it was more than just like scorned BYU fans. So I think that they needed uh, maybe maybe a comma, maybe an extra word or two. I don't know. They needed something, but it was a good joke. Like I, yeah, I got it. It did take me. I'll, I'll admit, I had to read it two or three times because it was like no way she actually thought that they showed up in there. Oh, okay, now I get it. So it just needed a little bit of something to like make it. Anyway, the, the thought was there. The execution could have been better. The thought was gold. It was fantastic. I mean, I let me tell think you the, the fact that it was so split. Like that's like when something is satire, right? It's like it's if everyone realizes it's a joke, then it's not good satire. Like you got to get well, some people true. who don't get it. So I thought maybe. it was it was flirting with that line near 50 50, like near 50 50, which is uh, my favorite joke that I saw uh, from Big 12 Media Days was the power rankings of big 12 conferences ability to put the conference logo on the field. And it was oh, an 11 was way tie for first. And then 12 was BYU because we couldn't figure it out. There were also some people who didn't understand that one, which was funny, which if you hadn't yeah. seen the original Photoshop thing, which also even with the Photoshop thing, there were some people that thought that that was a drone picture and it was like actually painted on the field. Yeah, and not that Photoshopped. was, that was the most shocking thing about that of like, how did they do that with uh, guys? It's Photoshop. They did Stadium of Fire literally that night. They didn't go out and deck the field out 
just for this picture. Holy moly, folks. It feels like we have lost uh, some of our internetting ability. I don't know what happened. Felt like we were getting to peak internetting, but it feels like we've lost our ability to ever. Ever since threads came out, man. Ever since threads. Hey, threads. Threads. I, I haven't tried. got. I, I gave it forty-eight hours. Can't do it anymore. I hate it, and I have started to see more people trickle back to Twitter. Like, welcome back, yeah. all of you. If you haven't come back yet, you will. But yeah, well, the Chris, most important thing is I can't even figure out. It's like I can't if somehow they gave a way to like link your Twitter account to like copy over. It's like I can't hunt all these people that I follow. The 600 people I follow on Twitter, got to hunt them down and do this yeah. and that. And then it's like, oh, there's the person I never talked to on Instagram. It's like Twitter is the place where you talk to people you enjoy talking to that you don't actually know in real life. And Facebook and Instagram is the place where you don't talk to the people that you do know in real life. And I don't want to mix those. Yeah. You don't want I, I have world. a split personality. I don't, there this is a split personality. I have schizophrenia across different yeah. social mediums and I do not want those to collide. And that is where threads is. Dead. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, like you're, you're a farmer, right? Like you're fine eating some of the animals that you take care of, but you don't get to know those animals. Right. But like your pets, you get to know them, but you don't want to eat your pets. And it feels like Threads is like trying to just like say, hey, man, here's this dog for you to eat. I know that you've been taking care of it like you have your cows and you eat your cows. So it feels like this is that. But like at the end of the day, like we don't eat our pets. We just eat our farm animals. And Threads is Threads isn't there. It's just trying to do too many weird things. Yeah. And it's I the whole concept of it, though, of like where you know, kind of going in and how things were set up as a thread more so than like just individual things. So it kind of like that. I, I didn't hate that, like kind of like the flow of it, but it was the, I mean, it was the chronological thing. I, it was like half my feed was people I didn't even follow. I could see I, every I time someone replied to something. It was just cluttered. I could not get past uh, all of the stupid corporate thread puns on day one like that really killed it for me of like oh, yeah. here's a thread oh yeah let's have a thread about this here look at our threads like everybody in their thread like that was that was rough so i don't think threads is gonna last and also like we're we're a we're a football podcast but i think we're conspiracy theory adjacent podcast mm, yes. and uh you want to talk about being manipulated and allowing your minds to be controlled let that asparagus mark zuckerberg have control over what you see no matter who you follow it's not the algorithm that's showing you content you like it's the algorithm that's showing you the content he wants you to see so mm -hmm. i mean come on folks like we're gonna let that human and asparagus he has open control our lives I mean, Elon has done a, a lot of stupid things with Twitter, but he is also, uh, well, one, they've started, I guess, saw that they started doing a uh, rev share with creators on Twitter, like kind of like the TikTok fund or whatever that are similar that like as they've placed ads in, like when you go into a thread and you see an ad in the replies that if you, and if people, you can get, if you have enough followers that you can get money. How many from do you need? Twitter. I don't know. I saw that, uh. I, I saw, that. I saw somebody post, and I don't know, who, I remember who it was, but they was like, they because they had connected because you can do like the subscribe or be like a super follower or whatever, and it was yeah, like they just, 
they just got like a DM and it was like, you're getting $5,500 from your ad revenue for like, however, the past, however many months, like we back, we like figured out how much we owed you or whatever, based on whatever we're launching this and we're back paying you since we launched it. Um, how many followers do you need? I feel like I should I be a creator. So, like if but, you go in, do you have the creator studio or is that me? Uh, Does everybody have that? I don't know. I don't pay attention that much. Oh, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out if so I'm a creator. Get your Twitter, money. You, you owe me money. So, anyway. but the, uh, so we do have a oh, little right agenda, here. the meet days. Oh, do you have it for Twitter ads? Yeah. What's my objective? There you go. Um, so media days this week and we're going as we get into the, you know, we talked about kind of our future plans. We're trying to keep the episodes a little shorter, get more into it. What was your kind of the big takeaway that you had from media days? Yeah. I mean, there were a lot of things that like everybody's talking about, right? Like there were, you know, Brett Yormark would not talk about expansion, even though he's been leaking expansion rumors for the last year. It, it seemed like the tone was a little different. So it was, it, it feel different. It, and there's been some it, people the dream been... is dead or is it, it's coming soon and he's yeah. trying not to let it out. I, I think the biggest hint about all of that, that I haven't seen anybody talk about and maybe people missed it. But unless you were so unless you were there, I guess, or unless you were watching like the live feed of his state of the conference address, whatever you call it, he he played the promo of like Big 12 football, like we're Big 12. This is the 14 teams or whatever. And I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world. But after he I don't know, it's like a 60 second spot, right? After he was done, he said, let me play that again. Can we just play that again really fast? And I expected like something different to happen, but like, no, the dude just literally played the same spot again. And he's like, I just love that spot. But it, it talked about like unity and the transformative vision. And it actually, I think made mention to 14 teams a lot. So that felt Which weird. Is, it's kind of weird just because like Texas and Oklahoma are a rental. You're only going to be there for 12 teams, right? Like if that's, I mean, maybe it's nothing, but maybe it's something. He did mention 14 teams a lot. And like when he was on BYUSN a couple of weeks ago, he said that he's like 14 feels like the good number. Right. Yeah. And so, and we had yesterday, Dusty Dvorak went on a, uh, went on a thing and said that after media days, people were talking and he thinks that Colorado's done deal is going to get announced Tr soon. And Trammell, so, Trammell said the same thing too. So, so it, the, the amount of smoke is like filtering, like it's just, it's more and more of like, okay, that's when is it actually going to happen? So that's we'll see. In, like. so, in Tom, so Tom's interview away. with John Kurtz, he, Tom, John Kurtz asked Tom about it and he was like, there's a window and it closes. And yeah. If it doesn't like, it's like, if it's not, if basically if they don't decide in the next two, three weeks, then it's not happening. So, right. And so I, yes, I saw all of that. So that's the big takeaway that everybody's talking about more specific to BYU. Uh, some of the things that I noticed or that we're not really paying a whole lot of attention to uh, Keaton Slovis talked about how difficult the schedule is going to be said that this will be the most difficult schedule he has played in his career. I mean, and he's played Pac-12 schedules even before COVID, right? It's not like he was only there yeah. in 2020 and then the post-COVID wreck. Uh, he played a 2019 schedule that was pretty tough for USC. He's played at Pitt that Pitt, I mean, it's Pitt, right? But like they had non-conference games against West Virginia and Tennessee and then ran through an ACC schedule. So for him to look at this and say, yeah, I think this is the toughest schedule of my career. 
maybe BYU fans, maybe we are undervaluing how difficult the schedule really is. Because we've seen all of the takes from like national pundits that have said like, hey, um, BYU, five and a half, like take the under. And we've, you know, we as BYU fans speaking collectively, like we've kind of been miffed by that of like, no, like why? We're more prepared. We've played five, six, seven, P5 schools a year. I don't know if we are giving enough credit to how difficult the schedule is. I mean, BYU plays Arkansas on the road, Texas on the road, TCU on the road. They've got Oklahoma. They've got Texas Tech. I mean, they're playing four of the top five Big 12 teams. They're playing Arkansas, you know, in Arkansas. Uh, it's tough. It's not maybe maybe that's what we're we're like the disconnect. It's not about, oh, BYU can't compete because they aren't prepared. I think maybe this schedule is just difficult no matter how prepared BYU is. Yeah, I think it definitely is going to be difficult, but also in this kind of segues into the other thing we had on our agenda, and you heard about this about like not trusting preseason rankings. I think the transfer portal, it's like I have honestly, and I, when I went on the Rock Chalk podcast last week to talk about you know previewing our matchup with Kansas, I have no clue what to expect from this defense. I mean, we're talking, so if you look at the defense, right, we brought in, Isaiah Bogna, Jackson Cravens, Eddie Heckard, uh, Camden Garrett, Harrison Taggart, AJ Von Pachon, uh, I can't say it. You'll get Von it. Keep going. Pachon. And go. uh, then uh, even, so what, that's six starters. I'm forgetting somebody. Sione Moa. Yeah. Well, not a starter, but like still a guy who's going to. He's gonna uh, white, so white Daw, like uh, the, the oh yeah, I forgot I him. So there's defensive end Nule Tau Salasine yep. is gonna play. So there's it's, there's, there's legitimate. And then on offense, right? And then even then on offense, okay, we got a bunch of receivers. We got in rooms. Like I'm not worried about the offense at all. And so the I offense mean, I think is Garrett, gonna be to, fine. To illustrate your point, uh, in BYU's almanac that they released out to to the media. They listed out all of the freshmen and all of the transfers who will be new. So this is you know, return missionary, high school, JUCO, or transfer. Fifty-five new players on the roster yeah. this year. Fifty-five. So it, Dana Holgerson talked about it from a Houston perspective uh, because everybody's dealing with the same thing, and he was clear. He's like, "I'm not complaining. I'm just saying." Uh, usually, spring ball in the old days, you used to use spring ball to like learn who your team is but I've added 30 players to my roster who did not play in spring ball. I don't know what my team is. And he, he yeah. said like, Hey, fall camp is more important this year than ever. And coaches and are going to have a heck future. of a, I think it is. That's the, and he said that coaches are going to have a heck of a time this year because you've got to figure out who your guys are, but fall camp generally there's a, a, you know, a walk crawl run approach to it, but you can't figure out who your guys are. If you're taking two weeks out of your four weeks in fall camp, easing into the the grind of the season and he said that balance is going to be hard for coaches to figure out you're going to have teams that go too hard too fast and guys get hurt you're going to have guys that they don't go fast enough and they have to use the first two three weeks of the season to figure out who they are uh that's a, a weird wrinkle in all of this that nobody's talking about so dana holgerson i thought that was perceptive by him to illustrate that in a way that makes sense uh, but he's right. I mean, he's added a ton of guys. BYU's added 55 guys. Like, we don't know who these teams even are. It's crazy. And so how can a preseason metric know who they are? Yeah. Um, so I think uh, if I had to say what 
or kind of, I think I'd say this is, that's going to be the future because you're kind of constantly see that, especially as guys like grad transfer, they finish up go through spring ball and then want to use their grad transfer or kind of figure out where they land and then move somewhere else. This is the new norm. And what they need to do to figure it out is, uh, you need to go and give it to Congress. That's how. No, ugh, no, never. Um, so the, what we need to do is get, so who was, uh, oh shoot. Who, Matt Mitchell, offense court. He was at Snow College before coming to BYU, wasn't he? Wasn't Mitchell at Snow College? Andrew, One of the analysts. Andrew Mitchell. Andrew Mitchell. Oh, many, and then he and then he went too to Baylor. Mitchells. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then now he's the uh, OC at he, Northern. Like, he's he's Lamb's OC at. Uh, is that at where he is now? Northern is Colorado. Where? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I got him mixed up. But they, so you need to call a JUCO coach that you're close with and be like, uh, how does that? Because all this mess of happening. That's the same thing that happens with JUCO guys except for they only have them for two years and they can transfer without penalty. So it's like the, how do I figure this out as fast as I can? That's a unique thing that you see at the junior college level a lot more. So tap into the Rolodex, call up your Juco contacts and figure it out. Um, But it's, I think that's the new normal and it really makes projecting it hard because just, I don't know, like, could there be injuries and they fall down? Yes. Could they not fit the system? And we took guys that we thought were going to fit in. Didn't get it. Could, their system i mean could we see a simplification of things across the board because as more coaches do this you realize like i can't build up to like in you know an nfl complexity of a system and we're gonna have to see more like on defense you know where it's more of like everyone's kind of running the same thing a lot similar to what you see on offense where it's like you know where everyone is running some variation of like a spread game like air raid game and it's really simple to be more plug and play across defenses with a little variation just because you don't have time to coach them up and differentiate by getting logging years in the system it's gonna how that's gonna change the impact and i just i mean like i said i mean holgerson he's got 30 guys after all i don't know what to expect i don't know could everything gel and like you know, Jackson Cravens is an honorable mention defensive tackle. And, you know, we have Harrison Taggart is an honorable mention all conference linebacker. And right. Heckert is is a first team all big 12 corner. And the defense is great. And we go eight and four. Yes, that could easily happen. And, could and none of it gel the... together at all? And Aiden Robbins gets hurt. And right. all the receivers that we took in, there's nobody to take pressure off of Chase Roberts and Keanu Hill and, and or Cody Epps. And so it's like we're not as deep as receivers as we thought. And a couple guys go down and we end up four and eight. That could also happen. I have no yeah, and idea. I, and I think that people have to understand that that's going to be normal, right? And that that is normal. Joe Burrow didn't get the starting quarterback job at Ohio State. Right, Joe Burrow, Joey Burr, who ended up winning a national championship, and it's like, wow, how could Ohio State not figure out a way to get him on the field? For whatever reason, it wasn't the right fit, didn't work, had other guys. I, we're gonna have talented players that move around. I'm anxious to see. And we're not gonna know this till we can retrospectively like do a, a hindsight analysis on it. Um, I wonder if we start to see like I'm not gonna call it player sharing, but like. Do BYU mm. players regularly transfer to Baylor because the offensive line scheme is so similar and it just makes sense? Like, the, are those trends going to start to emerge where, oh, yeah, BYU, you can always count on BYU going and getting a, a guy or two from Houston or whatever because the, the systems are, are similar? Yeah. And I we'll think, have that data, but we don't have it today. 
I think we might uh I think we might see that because there's um there they brought I think Tom Fernelli brought that up on our on the pod because there were a bunch of guys who transferred from who transferred from Arizona to USC. And there there are a lot of similarities between that. And it's like, you know, are you going to it's not just gonna be level jumping, it's going yeah. to be level jumping fit. where I can succeed and fit is going to matter more into where you're going to see that. And so I definitely think you will do that. And so there, you know, where that may become a factor if you're the coach and Kalani talked about this in one of his interviews this week of, you know, are some schools have said they're going to go have be portal. Like we're just going to do the portal because we know our hit rate will be higher on the guys that we get. And other guys are like, no, we still believe high school. And you in Kalani wisely said like, you got to have a bit of both and it's circumstance or whatever, which is pretty much across the board, what it has to be. Right. Um, but if you are a, if you are a coach, then do you try to scheme as simple as possible? Like, so you make it, you have to design your system to be more plug and play so you can get a broader fit. If you are, if you're going to live in the portal and get, you know, five, six starters, if you're going to get 10 starters out of your 22, you know, roughly half your starters every year are going to come from the portal. Then you got to have something that can be picked up in four weeks because maybe so you know if someone because if five of if half of them come for spring ball and half of them coming in the summer then you got to get something that's simple enough that can be picked up in a few weeks or at least have a plan right at least have a plan where it's like look we're going to design it yeah you're going to come in eddie you know camden garrett you weren't here for spring ball eddie heckard was whatever camden garrett you're playing corner like you're either going to be playing man or you're going to be sitting back playing like we're going to play cover six and you got or like and you're sitting there covering a quarter of the field and that's it. And like you will do one of two things every single play. And so you don't even have to think about it. And the people who've been here longer are going to do the more like mentally, you know, mentally taxing things or something. I don't know. I think you have to do that even from a high school perspective, because you've got to figure out who your guys are that I've got an incoming class of freshmen. There's 20 of them. Um, I can already count on half of them that are going to transfer early. I got to figure out which half I want to do everything I can to keep them to stay. So I've got to have a philosophy, a scheme that's easy enough for a high school kid to jump in and start to make an impact right away so that I could say, Oh, yep. We're going to invest our, whether it's NIL dollars, whatever it is, we're going to invest in Ciala Acera, but we're going to let Micah Kafusi walk or whatever. They've got to figure that out quickly. So simple scheme is going to be a big part of that. There is no question. The that is our whole agenda. We're uh, this. I think this is this going to be our shortest uh, actual episode. I think this is more yeah. of the flow that we're going to come to expect because uh, as we move from pre-rich to uh, as we move from pre-pre-rich to pre-rich, I think that's yeah. Um, I was going to say I'm still still firmly the, in the not rich category. Yeah. So if we the both of us as we've uh, progress, you know, it's. Gladly, when we started this whole operation three years ago, which that seemed that was a long time, three years ago, uh, that the we our work lives are busier than they did before, and I can't we can't just wrap it up in half the time than we thought it would and kind of fiddle around as much. We have more responsibility, and life is a bit different. We uh, and I've a lot more a children, you've added kids, yes. and mine are big, so yeah, it is what it so is. So it's it's and at the same time so- i take more time every day to do the daily dose and you're rolling out gfb express so we've also diversified yes it's a lot easier to do uh the the five ten minute daily dose a day than it is for us to find a two-hour block and uh yeah. and it turns out that despite what it may seem like 
our wives actually mildly enjoy our company. So taking a night after the kids go to bed to do like two hours and instead of watching a movie or spending time and like giving her the opportunity to talk to other grown adults in person, you know, after they're yeah, talking my wife, to the kids my all wife day. Mostly, mostly just wants somebody else to take care of the dogs. And I mean, uh, don't it we is all? what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. So this has been a good quick episode. We will be back. The The missed episode, we are back. It is July. We'll be starting hitting the routine schedule. We have it blocked off on our calendars. We found a spot that works for both of us. It's blocked off. So unless we're traveling, if one of us is having to travel for work, then it might be a little different. But until next week, Jeff, give him hell. Give him hell. <laughs>